With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio. And this is Aaron Richmond. And of course, you're listening to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. Hey, everybody, how's it going? I'm doing all right, as I like to say, hanging in there. Uh, pretty good day today. I got out in my neighborhood. I got a lot of activity, did some, did some exercise, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, Aaron's Opinion is, of course, available basically everywhere you get the podcast, from Apple, Spreaker, Spotify, you name it, I'm probably on that platform, along with Twitter, YouTube, and, of course, Patreon. You can also visit our Facebook page, which I would recommend because that is where I post everything you need to know about Aaron's opinion. So we have a very educational guest this evening. We're joined by some, some of you might recognize the name for a specific reason, but probably not. So we're joined by Tyler Marin, um, who in our first part of our show this evening, I only want you to focus on the exercise listener. I, I want the listener to really be on the edge of their seat for part two. So. Um, let's go through this. You, <clears throat> I first discovered Tyler in a Facebook group and you posted a video where you basically educate people about what is exercise, how to exercise our body properly. And then you were using certain technology such as the foam roller, as you call it. Um, I am not educated in the field of exercise physiology. So I'm counting on you to educate our listeners all about this. First of all, so how did you get into exercising you're really interested in it go go right ahead it is it is definitely a passion of mine so uh rewind the tapes all the way back to my birth of 1984 i was born on a uh farm in southwest michigan well I, w- I mean i was born in a hospital but i grew up on a farm in southwest michigan and um grew up in a family of athletes i just i really enjoyed being active. We had woods and ponds and, um, you know, we, my cousins lived nearby. We were always playing some kind of ball game, climbing trees, building tree forts, digging something up. Like, um, so exercise has just been a part of my life for a very long time. And, um, when I was a kid, um, three, four years old, my parents noticed something a little bit different about me from my siblings. So, you know, I'd, come running out of my room and go, you know, go to run out the front door and I'd smash into the furniture before I left, you know, like knock something over. And I, I was a pretty rough and tumble kid. So I just, I get up like, Oh, sorry, I knocked it over. And I go running, you know, like it didn't bother me, but my parents are like, why is this kid tearing up our furniture? You know? So, um, they took me to a specialist and I was diagnosed with 
retinitis pigmentosa. Um, the doctor said, you know, your son has an eye condition. He's going to lose all of his vision. You know, and unfortunately, this this happens from time to time. It's sad, but his diagnosis was not delivered very well. Uh, he essentially told my parents that I would be an invalid. You know, he said, I'd have to go to a special school. I'd have to be in a special home. I'd have to be taken care of for the rest of my life because I have this vision problem. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, I'm, by the way, I was born in 91 and um, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I was born with glaucoma, um, seven corneal transplants, by the way, listener, okay. you might, you might be surprised when Tyler just said that. Let me just, just to provide a little bit of education up until, well, up until, and of course, everyone in the blindness community is talking about this, but basically up until 1990, you know, the ADA and all of that up until that time, it was, at, how, how do I put this? It was just socially acceptable to a greater degree for many doctors and many professionals to tell parents to send their disabled children to to institutions. Uh, whereas yeah. nowadays that would be, you know, both socially unacceptable and who knows? A doc, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. A doctor maybe could get in serious trouble if they made a comment like that. But back in 1984, well, that was. <clears throat> That was a perfectly, um, a perfectly inappropriate and a perfectly socially appropriate uh, reaction and a perfectly understandable thing to say at that time period. Not okay, not acceptable. But I'm I'm telling you, I understand why they would have said it at that time. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and it was very like, uh, it, again, I was very fortunate in that my parents, you know, as as tough as that was for them, you know, my dad talks about on the drive home from this appointment, how he, he had to pull over to the side of the road and just pause for a minute and just kind of breathe and just collect his thoughts. Right. And he, yeah. here's his, his firstborn <clears throat> son. He's got aspirations of star quarterback and uh, you know, all of this stuff. My dad was an athlete. My, my sister, you know, my other siblings are athletes. It's like, so all of a sudden he's being told, yeah, your son's essentially going to be an invalid. And it was, it was a lot, you know, but fortunately, um, you know, my parents, they were like, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna stick him in some kind of institution. He's, he's fine. He's, you know, they, they were like, let's put him in a regular school. Let's put him in, you know, through the paces, let's have him do all the things the other kids are doing and let's see how he does, you know, modified a few things here and there, but I was essentially, I was put in school and thankfully, I'm, you know, I was blessed with a pretty sharp mind and I, I excelled without a problem. Um, I was required to do all the same chores on the farm and just, I might've done it in a little different fashion. We always kind of worked through it. So, um, you know, so as the years progressed on and again, having uh, retinitis pigmentosa, my vision digressed as I got older. So, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm about 13, 14 years old and I'm starting to really lose the ability to read my textbooks, uh, to see the chalkboard in school. And, and it's, it's really becoming a major challenge. And so at that time, I, I started getting uh, services. I started learning how to use a cane, um, read Braille, started you know, getting some of those adaptive services. And uh, so that was great. I, I, I really learned a lot about how to function as a person who's visually impaired. Um, but that was also the time that uh, my mobility instructor, the person teaching me how to use a white cane, she said, so there's this camp that you can go to this. It's a sports education camp for kids who are visually impaired. 
and she knew how much I enjoyed sports. And uh, so she gave my parents the form and they, they filled it out. No problem. They were very excited about it. And so I went to this campus at Western Michigan university. Uh, the first year that I went was in 1999. It was put on by Dr. Paul Ponchilla uh, and his wife. He, um, he was a professor in the blind rehab department. So they brought in and they've been doing it for years. I, I think the first time I went was like the 20th year that they've been doing it. And uh, they, you know, bring in 40, 50 visually impaired kids and they teach them how to adapt sports, right? Then it was the coolest thing. You know, we did track and field and we did swimming and we did wrestling and, uh, and judo and we did gymnastics and goalball. Uh, you know, goalball is something that we'll, we'll kind of touch on later in the show, right? But it's it's a sport specifically for people who are visually impaired. It's just absolutely fantastic. So I, I kind of stepped into this, this realm of, okay, I, I love sports. I love athletics. I love exercising. And now I'm being told, absolutely, you can exercise. Being blind doesn't prevent you from doing any of that. You just have to do it a different way. Kind of like, you know, when I was growing up on the farm and just found different ways to do it. Um, so I started getting better at, these sports, especially goalball, I took to it very, very quickly. And so I, I wanted to learn how to be the best athlete I could be. I enjoyed it. I was traveling a bit with a, a club team. We were doing some competitions. And I said, how do I get better at this? Um, so I decided that was going to be what I would do for school. I graduated from high school. I went to Western Michigan University and uh, got into the exercise science department. And I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science, became certified and uh, nationally certified in strength and conditioning, uh, just studying how, how does one exercise? Now, you know, I lay it out like, yeah, I just, I went to school and did it. Like <laughs> there were some challenges that went along with that. You know, I was, I'm almost totally blind and exercise science and personal training is not typically a, uh, a route for people who are visually impaired. They, sometimes they didn't really know what to do with me. <laughs> you know? So I was in there and, I, but I, I fought through it every time I, I was, I was that student sat in the front of the class, raised my hand all the time, asked questions, talk to the professor afterwards. Like, yeah, you put up this diagram. What, what is this diagram? Okay. We're working on this exercise. I, you know, I, I didn't understand it. Can you show me how it's done? So I, I just spent years kind of slogging through this uh, material and, and assimilating and understanding how does the body move? What does exercise do from a physiological standpoint? Uh, you know, the anatomy, the biomechanics of it. And uh, so I graduated and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the workforce. I, I became a personal trainer. Um, I worked for 24-Hour Fitness as one of their master trainers for a number of years. Uh, about six years I worked for them. And what, what happened about a year and a half ago, and it, it had been kind of occurring throughout the years as I was a trainer, my, my wife, who is also visually impaired, uh, we've been married 18 years, uh, and she's totally blind. She's very social. She's on a lot of Facebook groups. Uh, she homeschools our kids and um, very, very active person. And she would, you know, I'd come home from work. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm on this Facebook group with all these uh, blind moms, right? And so-and-so is asking about how to exercise when you're blind. You, you know, you really got to get on here and teach these people what you know. And I'd be like, I just got done with a 12-hour workday. I do not, <laughs> not want to get on here and teach anybody right now. Like, uh, you know, 
so for years, like I, I knew this need was there, right? Visually impaired persons, they're really behind the eight ball a lot of times when it comes to exercise, you know? So people who have full vision, they come to the gym, they can look around. It's like, Oh, that's how that machine works. I can look at the picture. I can see somebody using it. I can flip open YouTube and just kind of look at how to do a bicep curl. If you're visually impaired, you don't have those options, right? It's crazy challenging to pick up on that. Um, you know, but I, every once in a while, I'd get an opportunity to, to teach somebody who is visually impaired. 99% of my clientele was, was sighted, but every once in a while, I get a chance to work with somebody who is visually impaired, one of my teammates, and I'd kind of describe to them how to do it. And, you know, and, and I'd kind of walk them through the process and like, man, that was just so helpful. And so about a year and a half ago, I had an opportunity to uh, relocate my family, lived in South Florida for a number of years when I worked for uh, 24-Hour Fitness. Um, the USA team qualified for the Tokyo 2020 games in, in my sport, men's, men's goalball competition. And so I had an opportunity to take my family to the residency program in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and kind of train a little more full-time. And so what this did is allowed me to open up my own business, uh, Revision Training LLC, where now I am actually spending time developing a, a project, a fitness project, literally to teach people who are visually impaired how to do fitness. Uh, anything from how do you stand up straight? How do you know that your spine is lined up? What are the, what are the natural curvatures of your spine? What is internal, external rotation of your glenohumeral joint? You know, what, what is that and why is it important to know? All the way to you know, power cleans and, and rowing machines and leg extensions and rock climbing and kickboxing and yoga and Zumba and you name it, I, I'm going to describe it and make it accessible for people who are visually impaired because access is key, right? I, I recognize there's, there's a group of people out there like, I don't really care so much about Zumba. I, you know, I don't care so much about being super fit. Totally fine. That, that's absolutely acceptable. But you shouldn't be forced into that choice. Make that choice on your own. So I have had a passion for exercise because it's impacted my life in such a positive way, as, as we'll talk about later on with some of my athletic experience. But I want to pa uh, pay that forward. Uh, and that's what my project is all about. Cool. Cool. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, growing up, um, you, you touched on a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. I've played goalball before. Um, I am someone who is not athletic. Um, so I am, I am in perfect health. I maintain good, you know, I am someone who is in good, in relatively okay shape, you know, good shape, but I am not sure. athletic, you know. So I sure. think, and, and there's, and this is something that I think is overlooked, not by you, but by many, is that there's a huge difference between being athletic and being in good shape. Mostly, I think blind people should try to be in good shape, uh, just for the health standpoint. I completely you know, agree. You know, because the, the, I mean, you're, you know, you're an expert about it, but the greater, the greater chance of a blind person participating at an advanced level in athletics is not as high as it should be perhaps but really what is what is true is if you are not living a healthy life you're going to have other health problems so absolutely that's that's really where i see the importance you know 
it's great if you're able to get into athletics cool but really i mean even even to even today you know i i i'm i'm really concerned um <clears throat> even though i'm 29 years old i'm concerned about you know people who are younger than me who are just you know not working you know sitting in sitting sitting at home you know playing video games i want to know from you an interesting question from a professional standpoint what will be the how in like 20 or 30 years how are you as a trainer going to ever be able to work with people who have who have been basically i mean i don't i don't want to use the word lazy but sedentary i guess mm, how are right. how are trainers ever going to be able to reverse sedentaryism i guess um, I'm sure you have an intellectual answer for that. Go ahead. Well, I, I think I have a couple of thoughts on it. And uh, just to just to recap something that you said that I think is so crucial for people to understand is you don't have to lift a thousand pounds and run a marathon every day to be healthy, right? You, you don't have to be an elite athlete to be healthy. Being more active, um, the American College of Sports Medicine has a lot of, of public documentation that people can look up and the minimum standards of exercise are, are really enough to, to gain the majority of the health benefits that you'll get from exercise. Uh, and, and in fact, I, you know, might be shooting myself a little bit in the foot here, but most of the extreme, extreme athletics, you know, the high end elite kind of stuff really isn't, that crazy healthy for your body you're no. you know not not i'm just throwing this out there right I've, I've been an elite athlete for a long time and me and my teammates talk about all this like you know goalball i love it it's so much fun it's really giving me a lot but it's hard on the body it's not an easy sport so point being you know just being active you get just a huge huge portion you get the lion's share of the health benefits from that and um you know to answer your question, you're thinking about like down the road in the future, people who have been sedentary for a long time. Where do you, where do you even start with that as a trainer? Or it's, it's tough because it starts in the mind of the individual, right? So that's where we need to begin with all of this. It starts with the individual. Now, all, all the, the accessibility access aside, the, the, uh, you know, the challenges with exercising and working out, like I get it. Trust me, I get it. Like, if you're visually impaired and you're sedentary because you don't you don't feel like you have access to anything, and it seems super challenging, it is challenging. It's super daunting, but it begins with you. You have to take ownership of this situation. You have to acknowledge that nobody's gonna gonna get you moving except for you, right? So that's the first challenge when I when I think about you know people who are visually impaired and, and in that kind of sedentary category is trying to just convince them like you have nobody to blame really but you and and I want you guys I'm I'm being as nice and kind and gentle as I can but I want you guys to to wake up and get over it right like yes you're visually impaired I'm sorry it's so challenging I'm there with you but don't let that stop you from being healthy Right. And so once we flip that switch and we say, you know what, I'm visually impaired, but I'm going to fight it. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do what I got to do to, to make this happen. Now let's start talking resources. You know, um, I, I've started 
um, putting out uh, samples of my work as I'm building this project. I have a YouTube channel, uh, Revision Training LLC is the, the YouTube you channel that you I have. Certainly, you, you certainly do. In fact, listener, you can just click the link in the description. I'll put his video right there for you where he Wonderful. goes through a workout. That would be, that would be a yep. great thing to, and, that, and, and you never, you never know that might, that might, that might secretly help your company to be successful, which you never know. Be, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the miracles and one of the blessings of being one of the privileges of being a podcaster is that I'm able to help people. So which I is wonderful. And, yeah. and I want to, and that's the thing is mm -hmm. I want to connect people that. So, you know, the video that you're referring to is one of, of a dozen plus that I have well, on sure, the channel Sure. Already. That's the only one. And, that's the only one I watched. So. Sure. And so there, but there's a lot of others. And, and so I have probably eight to 10 videos on my channel that are all workouts that you can do at home with no equipment whatsoever. You know, just a little bit of space in your living room and some, some determination, you know, and uh, any fitness level is going to be addressed in this, in this project I'm working on. I talked through a lot of my videos about modifying the exercises. You know, if, if you're new to this, that's okay. Modify it down this way. Take a look, take a few more breaks. That's not a problem. Exercise is all about finding your fitness level. So all of that to circle back to really, again, it kind of, it's, it begins in the mind. You just need to be determined to get yourself moving and uh, it'll make a world of difference. And, and Aaron, it sounds like you can attest to that, right? Like overall a pretty healthy individual. It, it's really, it's really critical. Um, I, you know, I had a guide dog and, and she, and she retired bit of a long story, but you, you can relate to it. You know, um, every day that I could, every day that she was able, we would simply go for a walk around the neighborhood. God, that, that yep. really helps, listener. If you have a dog, right? If you have a bike, if you have, if you have two feet, just go outside and walk around your neighborhood. It really helps a lot. I'm able to breathe. Take a fresh, get gas for fresh air. Oh, see what's going on in the neighborhood. You know, look at, yep. look at all of my neighbors that I hate, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, say, gee, what a, what a nice neighborhood. I'm so glad, so glad in a couple of years I'll be, I'll be leaving. But no, actually, no. <laughs> all, 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 jo all jokes aside, I live, I live in a perfectly fine neighborhood. I'm also, I'm also a, bi a big, a big character and a lot, a, lo a lot of sarcasm goes a long way. You got to have a sense of humor in life too. You got it. You know, yep. that really, that really helps. But yeah, for me, doing, doing those walks with, with my dog, um, that really, even, even in the hottest days of summer, I would, I would come home, my parents would say, oh, well, you and Nani, you guys are hot. Oh, Aaron, make sure you get a drink of water. I do, you know, get Nani drank her water at that time. You know, she would never drink. Aren't you tired? I say, yeah, but we really need to get out. We really need the exercise. Yep. Um, you know, before uh, this whole healthcare situation happened in the world, I was doing a lot more trips, a lot more traveling. I've traveled extensively all over Europe, Caribbean, Africa. I've done several trips with a British company. So I'm, you know, I would say I'm, uh, no, I haven't been quite as far as you, but I've still been to many countries around the world. And traveling mm. also is really motivational, really helpful. Absolutely. Um, at the moment, it's something that I'm kind of, you know, personally, I'm kind of losing interest in it, maybe gaining interest in other things, maybe having my own place doing what I want to do. But still, I heavily advocate for travel. Uh, it really is immensely, immensely motivational. It's, I, I, I think it's healthy to travel for the most part. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I, um, I agree. But yeah, I mean, back, back to back to what you were saying. I mean, I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm just concerned as a whole 
that I think that for the most part, we're going to end up in 30 years with a country of a lot of sick, a lot of sick and a lot of people with many health problems. And I think that it's going to eventually affect our society, you know, more than it is today. I don't know. That's just, that's just. Yeah. And well, and it's not just the visually impaired population too. I mean, that's who we're talking to right now. That's, that, and it's most a lot of my of listener. People. That's yeah, you're absolutely right. But most of my audience are visually impaired and I am, sure. I'm, I mean, I'm equally concerned with sighted. God, you know, God knows sighted people can be, can be sedentary too, but I think mm. it's much more serious when you much more of a important concern and consideration when you already, already have a disability. By the way, you said something much earlier about um, uh, macular um, uh, R- 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 RP, right? Yes. Yeah, RRP. Yeah, you said that you kind of lose your vision slowly. I don't know. It's kind of a weird question, but you know, for me, I was born blind. That whole concept of losing vision, like losing vision slow—that's kind of weird to say you lost it slowly. Well, either you know, no sarcasm, but either you have it, either you have vision or you don't. How can you lose it slowly? You know, like how would you describe? Right. Right. No. So no. No. Seriously, what do you mean? Like slowly went away year after year? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird weird. thing to think about too, right? So well, for me, for me, I can't understand. I I've talked to a lot of guests who become blind later on in life and I can't come, but yes, explain it. How, how would you put it into words? What that's like to lose vision slowly. So I can, I can describe you kind of an analogy and give you some like uh, practical application kind of stuff for it. So, you know, think about it as like, um, you know, if, if somebody is talking to you face to face, I mean, it's t- go and go in like hearing stages. So if you're talking to somebody face to face and they're, three feet in front of you or let's say six feet due to social distancing now (laughs) and they they're talking but they they start to backpedal right and they're talking at the same volume like you're hearing them the the way you hear them is going to slowly start to decrease right so when they're six feet in front of you you can hear them crystal clear when they're 40 feet away from you, you can kind of hear them but you kind of can't and you know when they're 100 yards down the road you're you're Maybe you could catch a, a sound here and there. The vision is the same way, right? So I, when I was born, I, I had pretty clear vision. I could read my books. I could see things. But um, it was like looking at life through a tunnel. And as I, uh, with the retinitis pigmentosa, with that tunnel vision, as my, my retinas overproduced pigment and started kind of killing off those those cells, um, the tunnel started kind of collapsing smaller and smaller until until it was like, you know, looking through a tube and then looking through a straw and then looking through and it kind of just decreased and got fuzzier. So, so now even I, you know, generally speaking, I say like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty much totally blind. It's pretty close. Um, my vision is almost immeasurably small, but I do still have some light perception. I can tell when the lights are on or off, you know, and um, if it's a really clear, day like uh you know i might be able to see some objects around and things like that depending on the contrast so it it can kind of come and go in in degrees and some of the ways you know it it goes so slowly over the years it's not like i wake up one morning and like oh i've i've lost more vision now you know uh but what things that i used to be able to do as a kid you know when i was 14 15 sitting around playing video games it was more of a uh, like, man, I could play this. And now I remember uh, getting a uh, several years ago, this a, a while ago for Christmas, I, we got our kids uh, a Wii. And um, 
<laughs> so I found out you could play old video games on there. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. I used to play this game when I was a kid. Let's download this. And I started playing. I was like, I can't play this game anymore. Somebody's shooting at me. Who's shooting at me? What's happening? <laughs> you know, I couldn't, well, you know, you know, there's, I couldn't you know, see it anymore. One of, my, one of our, our great friends on this channel, um, and if you have not had a chance to go back and, and listen to my episodes, it's totally fine. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name drop because I know he's really cool. Um, do you follow Illegally Cited on YouTube? No, I, I don't. I'll check it out. What's, do, you, do you know what's who he the is? Story? No. Oh, oh, you should. Oh, I'll, 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 we'll, I'll, we'll have to get you introduced. He is okay. blind, he's blind like us and he plays game, um, accessible games for, for the blind. And okay. he's, he's an expert about that. I, I actually published an episode with him where he sits down and tells you how to play video games as blind. So you can absolutely, you can do that. And <laughs> illegally cited would be more than happy to tell you how it's a great episode. Sounds good. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of adaptations now for video games, which I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool to some extent that there are all of these, um, I guess, adaptations. But then, of course, it's kind of encouraging blind people to sit around and play video games. So. Yeah, well, and, and that's the other part of it, too, is like, I, I, you know, when I was 14, 15 years old, cool. When I'm 35 and I'm running my own business and raising four kids, then uh, yeah. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit less time to play video games. But all the same it's about accessibility, right? When I'm talking about exercise and building the, building my program, I'm all about accessibility. That's the biggest thing. Um, whether you choose to do it or not, it's up to you, but you shouldn't be forced into that choice. Right. Sure, 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 sure. And, um, as we, as we sneak up on our, as we sneak into our sponsor here, what, what types of things, um do you like to do um you know when you are not running this business in the limited limited time that you have when you're not running the business how are you spending the time it really uh it depends right now it's just any extra moment i get to spend with the kids and my wife so you know, we're going out for walks yeah we try to soak that up uh, i do play guitar as well so in the rare moments when i just need oh, to do you Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you should play. You're welcome to play a song. I know you're not a musician, but <laughs> I, every, everyone who's been a musician or loves to sing, I always let them. In fact, sometimes I coerce them. Sometimes you don't have a choice because, well, you, because you have other things that we're going to talk about in about 40 seconds. I'm not, I'm not going to coerce you to play your guitar, but I have a little bit of a backstory. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you and uh, uh, the, we'll, we'll talk from there. But yeah, I, you won't hear me singing on here. I, I don't have a bad voice, but uh, my wife and my girls are, are nightingales, so I learned to play guitar uh, strictly to get them to sing more. So <laughs> I see, I see. They my would name, be the ones. my name's my name's Aaron Richmond. This is Aaron's opinion. As we approach our sponsor segment, um, yeah, he's Tyler Marin, and as we like to say in the radio business. Uh, we will be right back in about a minute. So, you know, um, and as we get into our sponsor minute today, I just, I just want to ask you, Tyler, how much coffee do you drink? Because you know, it's really good for you to drink coffee. How much of it do you drink? I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not much of a coffee guy, but I can tell you my wife drinks enough for me and her. So. Well, you know, well, you know what, you know what, then I'm so glad to hear that your wife drinks coffee. You should drink coffee too, because I'm very pleased to tell you that Blended Joe LLC is the sponsor of Aaron's Opinion. If you want coffee with fruit, nuts, light roast, dark roast, decaf in a bag, you want to support a cause, Patriot Blend, they've, they've got you covered. 
um, whether you're, you know, they have K-cups, anything that you could ever possibly want, uh, all can all be, all be bought online right now, blendedjoe.com, B-L-E-N-D-E-D-J-O-E.com. Uh, and of course, I guarantee you that, as I like to say, I guarantee when you are uh, on, if you're at home, you know, playing video games, or if you're on the go, go into your gym to work out, I guarantee you'll love every sip from Blended Joe. Until the end of the month, 20% off, promo code Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. All right. Um, but yeah, um, so now let's get into stuff that's a lot more interesting. Let's talk about the Olympics. So first of all, something that I've always wanted to know, how do you get involved with that in the first place? How do you get into the Olympics in the first place? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely not something you stumble into. That's for sure. Uh, oh, I, th- I thought, I thought, I thought you just signed up. It's kind of what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, there's a few more steps to it, but um, I, it's funny enough that I say, I say you don't really just stumble into it, but I, in a way, I kind of did a little bit. So ultimately here's here's how it works um we'll start off with with what are the olympics what are the olympics and what are the paralympics um there's there's sometimes some confusion about how this works so the olympics paralympics and special olympics are are all kind of divided into their own segments so the olympics are held every four years uh summer games every four years and then the off year the winter games every four years right so they alternate summer and winter games um it is the largest sporting event in the world by participation of athletes and countries and typically viewers and uh, things like that. Like it's just huge. It's absolutely gigantic. Uh, the host city is, is a very big deal. It's bid on by many cities. It's uh, selected very meticulously. Uh, typically they prep multiple years in advance for the games coming in millions and millions of dollars spent on this event. The Paralympics are the second largest sporting event in the world, second only to the Olympics. The Paralympics are also held every four years, alternating years. So summer games, two years later, winter games, two years later, summer games. Um, They are also held in the host city for the Olympics. Um, Also millions and millions of dollars spent on the Paralympic games. The one thing that, uh, sorry, two things that divide the Olympics and Paralympics. Number one, the Olympics are for able-bodied athletes. The Paralympics are the, for the physically disabled athletes. So uh, wheelchair, amputee, visually impaired, cerebral palsy. That's where you'll find these athletes in the Paralympic Games typically. Um, and then the only other thing that divides these two events is, is typically one week. So... Uh, Minus the pandemic, the actually right now is when the Olympic Games would have been happening in the Tokyo 2020 um, uh, era. And uh, the Paralympics would have been happening in about three weeks. So there's, they're, they're very similar. In fact, the word para in Paralympics means parallel. It runs same, similar track. Uh, the Special Olympics is... Uh, is it's a little bit more of a loose knit kind of concept. There's a lot of organizations around the world that do special Olympics event year rounds. Um, and, and it's typically more for the cognitively impaired athlete. 
so still a fantastic organization, lots of great things that they do. Very wonderful. Uh, not really the same thing as the Olympics slash Paralympics. Um, so just starting there, people understand kind of the divide of those, of those three things. Um, when I first started playing goalball, uh, like I said, I went to a sports education camp when I was about 15, uh, and became very good at the sport pretty quickly. Uh, I was picked up right away by a local youth team, a local club team. They said, wow, this, you know, it came from a family of athletes. I, and they were like, this is great. You know, can you come and play on our team? And so I was like, great, that sounds good. So one of my very first games I got done playing and, and the coach for the youth team, the Michigan youth team was like, we have our national championships, our junior national championships in Florida coming up this fall. Do you want to go? And I was like, you guys go all the way to Florida to play goalball. That's so cool. Right. Like uh, it was my first taste of traveling. Right? I had not been outside of the, of Michigan my entire life. Uh, you know, since that time I've been to 26 of the United States and I've been to 15 different countries competing in the sport of goalball. So traveled, you know, all over the world doing this. And, um, I, I, I started competing and I, I went to these tournaments and, uh, and then I was approached by, uh, the USA coaches and they're like, Hey, do you want to come out to a tryout camp for the USA goalball team? I was like, Whoa, you guys have a USA goalball team. That's cool. You guys go to other countries and stuff. Yeah. We travel all over. Wow. That's awesome. So I got invited and went to my first training camp and they, and I made the team. Right. And then it was like, all right, we're going to, we're training for the Olympics or, or, you know, the Paralympics. And I was like, there's Paralympics for this. Like I, <laughs> so like I, I kept going through these steps, right. I got invited by the coaches. I made the team. I was training with the team. And I, so I started to learn about how big this thing really is and how we actually go to the Paralympics. So I say there's multiple steps that you don't really just stumble into it. I, I kind of did in a little bit of a way because I went to my first international tournament when I was 17 years old and didn't realize how big it was until I really started getting into it. So, um, the, the, the Paralympics marching into the stadium for the opening ceremonies, um, is just something that is, is difficult to describe. You go through this whole process, you've trained for a really long time, you've prepared your body, you've worked with your team, you've worked with your coaches. Um, about a week and a half or so before you leave to go to the Paralympics, um, you know, you're finishing up your training and you go through what's, what's called processing, um, which means you go to the Olympic training centers or uh, another designated site and you're, you get taught how to talk to the media. They, they give you a whole bunch of stuff. They, I got suitcases full of shirts and pants and hats and shoes and, and um, opening ceremony uniform, closing ceremony uniform, media uniform, um, medal ceremony uniform. Like there's just, it just, the list went on. I mean, I have a wardrobe full of stuff from, from going to these games and you just get overwhelmed with this stuff and you're, you you go across seas or or you know to wherever the games are and you you're just nervous and and everything is kind of building to this and you go to the opening ceremonies where your your whole team the whole USA delegation you got 100 and you know 40 athletes or whatever the 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 
tally is and everybody's dressed up in the same opening ceremony uniform and you're you're at the rally point and you march into the stadium and there's fireworks going off and a, a stadium full of just thousands of people cheering and you're waving to the crowd and it's just it just feels like it's beyond you you know it's it's a show it's but it's a it's a great show you know um it's a collection of nations and athletes that um supersedes politics and and goes beyond um i feel like the the tragedies and the wars and the and the things that we have in this world it's just it's it seems to surpass all of those things and bring people together and it's just it's just an overwhelming feeling it's just so amazing to to be a part of of an experience like that and um it just um it's it's hard to describe yeah yeah it is it it uh, it does seem that way well who was um did you have any fascinating conversations with any of the other athletes from any other countries? Did you have a chance to have a sit down or maybe a thirty second conversation with anyone from another country talk about their life, you know how they got into their sport you know yeah do 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 the athletes you know interact you know when when the games aren't going on do they like interact say hi to each other talk stuff like that? Sure. And I mean, you know, within our sport, we, we've gotten to know a lot of the other teams. We know, uh, you know, a lot of the guys from Finland, from Sweden, um, we're, we're, you know, on, on talking terms, first name basis with some of the guys from Germany and Brazil. And it's, it's a big international community. And then, um, you know, we get, we get opportunities to go and, um, you know, not only interact with these other athletes from our sport, at the, at these events, but, uh, you know, typically following the Olympic and Paralympic games, there's the white house visit, right? All the athletes are invited to the white house. So now I get to mingle with other sports, uh, Olympic and Paralympic athletes and, uh, meet guys like Michael Phelps and, and, uh, other big names like that, where, you know, it's just uh, getting to know these folks and sure. Sure. So what was the most, I've, I've, this is really weird. I've never actually had the, had the privilege or opportunity to ask anyone this question. What, so if you spoke with, with people like Michael Phelps or any other famous athletes, um, what was maybe the most interesting thing they said to you, or maybe like kind of describe an interesting, an interesting thing you learned from them or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like, these are big name people, right. And, and some pretty famous folks that we were able to interact with and very, very very cool people. And, and something that I feel like most people don't know. I, and I guess when you think like the big, big names like that, um, you know, I think like 2004, the, the gymnast, the Han brothers, uh, they, the, you know, pretty well-known guys. Uh, we got some pictures with them and like, I guess some of those bigger name athletes, they get a lot of sponsorship. They do a lot of training, but so so many of the the athletes, the Olympians and the Paralympians, you have to understand like these are, are dads and moms you know they're uh professionals they work nine to five and you know or they're going to school or like they don't just live and breathe their sport they you know don't get me wrong they they're they're machines they train they train they prep themselves they 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 make our country proud um but it's not like there's this big warehouse somewhere where all these athletes just kind of hang out and that's all they ever do is train like these are real people, right? So it's cool interacting with them and kind of getting to know them as, as an individual and, and, you know, what, what makes them tick, you know, cause they're, they're just, for lack of a better term, they're just average people, 
you know, but that's probably the coolest experience I think. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we have it on, we have it on record here. Uh, Olympic athletes are just average. All right. Got it. Got all right. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. All right. Well, okay. Well, they'll just have to skip through that part of the recording, I guess. All right. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, that's a real, that's a really important, it's a really touching life lesson is to understand, you know, make, kind of, kind of teasing that out a little bit, but to understand that really athletes, are really just going about their lives. Uh, many of the Olympic athletes are teenagers. They haven't even seen their 20th birthday, many of them. Um, so, you know, uh, that's, that, I, I think that's, I think that's really, um, really accurate. So yeah. what was your um, favorite, favorite Olympics, you know, 2004, uh, you said 2004 Athens. I know. I, I don't. I mean, I don't watch the Olympics. So 2004 Athens, Athens, 2008 Beijing, and yep. what was it? 12. Uh, 16. Uh, 16 was Rio. Uh, so the most recent. Oh yeah. Uh, summer mm -hmm. games. Yep. Um. I, I don't know if I'd, I. I don't know if I would pick one as a favorite per se in the sense that um, you know 2004 was was my first one and and that so that stands out for uh various reasons uh we won a bronze medal in 2004 i was uh so let's see i would have been 20 years old just turned 20 years old um it was very special to me because my dad uh was able to go and see me play my dad had been a big supporter of my my career for a long time um and and the way that we won the bronze medal was very movie-esque you know we were down at halftime uh, by, by quite a bit. And we, we fought back. I scored, uh, you know, four of the five goals for our team. We won the game by one point, uh, you know, a kind of a last second shot penalty shot that I was able to score. And just, it was just so cool how we had kind of come back. And it was, so it was very special to me. My dad was there watching and just very, very awesome. Uh, you know, Beijing, we, we went to Beijing. Unfortunately, we didn't make the medal stand. We took fourth. We just missed it by that one spot. So that was very, very hard for me. It was very frustrating, but um, there was some, there was some really cool stuff that, that happened there. Like Beijing was just an awesome, awesome experience. Um, you know, uh, being able to get to know the, the Chinese culture and uh, it, it, there was a lot of growing that happened. Rio if I had to pick one, it would probably be Rio. Um, not only did we do a little bit better, we won a silver medal at the Rio games, um, but got to travel, you know, after all of the games, got to travel to the white house, um, got to um, do a tour around the white house in 2004, 2008. That was uh, George Bush was, was president then George W. Um, and he was very gracious. It was very cool. Uh, but cool. didn't really so get did you, to like you, I was just about to ask so did you physically like like get to shake his hand meet him nice to meet you yeah, so so that was that was kind of the disappointing thing it was he he gave a, a kind of a presentation to the whole group and that's still cool, uh, he that's you know amazing. shook a couple of hands we got to see him like take off in his helicopter from the White House lawn that was super oh that's sweet. okay that's better than shaking his hand oh it dude like, it was that was that would be tight. for me uh, you know and I don't want to say I'm a germaphobe but I would just rather watch a president take off in Marine. <laughs> that would be way, way more patriotic to see the helicopter fly cool. away. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. very cool. Uh, 2016, uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, uh, they were a, a bit more uh, 
interactive with the athletes. That was very, very cool. Not so not only did we win a silver medal, but as we were going through, they they were uh, receptive to every athlete. I got to shake Barack Obama's hand. There we go. Um, okay, so you did. There you go. Very well, cool. Yes, well, it was cool. very cool. Uh, it was a very neat experience too, because uh, you know he has he has that nice smooth baritone voice. Um, you know, so in this picture in my head of him, I had it, he was a little heavier set, but he was a very fine boned man. I shook his hand and, uh, was, you know, uh, very, very lean guy. Um, so that was kind of funny. Like I know a little bit more about the president cause I got to shake his hand. Um, got that's a hug cool from Michelle think, Obama. That's cool to think about that. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, it, it was, that's it was, interesting. It was, and that's why, so that's another thing about social skills and socialization. That's why handshakes are important because it does send exactly, it sends, it, it is communication. It so was you were able cool. to think about him just by the way he shook your hand. That's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I kind of the same thing with Michelle Obama. I got a hug from Michelle Obama much taller than I expected. <laughs> you know, like she might've been wearing heels too. I am not hundred percent sure, but I was like, holy cow, this is a tall lady. So it was that was very, very cool. Uh, got, to, got to shake Joe Biden's hand. That was really cool. Uh he he was he was a pretty awesome guy. And it's it was funny, like we you know, there's a hundred plus uh, yeah, probably close to two hundred athletes coming through. And so we like the line kept moving pretty well, but uh I kind of got to hang out with Joe Biden for just an extra second while the line was moving on and I was shaking his hand. I was like, Hey man, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and being patient with us here. This is just such a cool experience. And he's shaking my hand. He's like, Oh th- damn boy. We are so proud of you guys. And you know, like, it was just, it was the coolest thing. <laughs> so I got to have Joe Biden cuss at me. It was pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, so just cool stuff like that, man. Just cool stuff. Uh, just, you know, in some of the, like some of the funnier stories, just, when we came back from Athens in 2004, so a lot of times United Airlines is a sponsor of the Olympic and Paralympic Games. So a lot of times now we fly internationally, we'll fly United uh, for our team. Uh, in 2004, I don't believe they were a sponsor then. And, and the reason is because when we flew back, when we flew to and, and from Athens, it was a chartered flight. So all of the Paralympic athletes on one plane. And that's all the plane was, was, you know, the flight crew and the coaches and the athletes. And so when you get a 747 full of athletes coming back from the, these very intense, very emotional games and, you know, everybody's just ready to go home. They're excited. Like there's some stuff that's going to happen. Like it was the (laughs) biggest pillow fight I've ever seen in my life. You know, you get those little like airline pillows. Yeah. There's about 150 pillows <laughs> flying around this cabin. Oh, yeah. Sure. Why not? Like everybody, yeah. Like, we're hitting people with pillows, and everybody's having fun. And, and you know, and again, these athletes, the Paralympic athletes, uh, are just – they're just cool people, right? Um, I, I, can't, I can't think of the guy's name. He's a super cool guy. He's, he's an amputee. I want to say he's one of the wheelchair basketball players, but, like, he – pulled himself up and stowed himself in the overhead uh compartment right like it just like some ira- like some that. kind of some some um uh ga- um gag humor but in good yeah days. yeah oh absolutely and it's just right. just so much fun i mean you know i think that sometimes uh people hear about the paralympics and they think oh that's so cool like they you know, that's great that they give you guys some, some time on the court. They give you guys that experience. Like, no, the, 
these are real people. These are real athletes. These are people that spend their lives and, and passions and, and they train just like their Olympic peers and, and pour everything they have into this, uh, you know, just because they, they're missing a leg or they're visually impaired hasn't stopped them from being the athlete that they want to be. Now, you know, do they have to adapt the sport a little bit to, to make it right? Then, yeah, the, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's wheelchair basketball instead of regular basketball because uh, for obvious reasons. Right. And so uh, that's the thing I try to promote the most. Like these are real athletes and and they, they bust their butt every day to, to make our country proud. And it's just such a cool thing to be part of. Well, that was wonderful. Really cool. Um, so now, I mean, as far as, you know, this is kind of an opinion show. It's called Aaron's Opinion. Everything we've said is our opinions. So, all right. Um, can, can you tell me secretly, because you probably secretly know what the real answer is. What's, so, so what are they really going to do with the Olympics? What's the truth? Are they just going to, are we going to play again next year? Are we going to get onto an odd cycle? What are they going to do? <laughs> I, uh, I wish I had the inside scoop for you. So, what I thought. Know. I mean, I thought. I mean, I thought. I thought you did. I mean, if if you I, if, if you get Joe Biden to cuss at you, I get, <laughs> I've got all the. I've got all the the inside no. Yeah. It's, so what what we know is uh, it's it's been postponed to next summer. The dates are set for the Olympics and Paralympics. The dates are set, um, and to cancel the Olympics would be a really big deal. To cancel the Paralympics would be a really big deal. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Nobody wants to see that happen. Um, clearly, the pandemic is is a very, very challenging thing worldwide. Um, so what we're doing as athletes right now is we are uh, preparing for rain. I mean, like, ultimately, we don't know if it's going to happen, but we're, we're getting ourselves ready as if it's going to. And uh, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, that this will most likely be my last, my last shot at it, my last Paralympics. Um, and for other athletes, it may be their first and last. It, it's a really big deal. And postponing the games in its in and of itself, um, right? Really, really hurt a lot of people. Sure, you know? sure. Well, it, it did, but but what should I, I think? From a public health standpoint, I think, I mean, I, I am not an expert, but I also think in my heart, well, what else can we do? We can't it just- It was the right call, yeah. We, we can't was. just allow people, you know, and I mean, the other thing with the, never mind the athletes for a minute, the, the crowds that go to these Olympics, yep. I mean, you're, you're going to get some characters. You're going to get yep. some great people, but then you're, you're going to get the drunks or the weird people who end up in the hospital. And then there's all sorts of weird stories. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know them. I, I'm sure that type of thing happens. So, sure. you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of factor that in, you know, but yep. so I guess would they do this Olympics in Tokyo, I guess when they. Redo? Yes, it will. Yep. It will still be in, I mean, all of the facilities are built. Uh, you know, everything is ready to go in, in Tokyo. So yeah, it would still be in Tokyo. In fact, um, they will still, uh, as as far as I know from what I've been told, they will still refer to it as the Tokyo 2020 Games, even though it's been postponed <laughs> to the summer of 2021. So, all right, well, we'll just um, we can just that day we'll just reset. We can just put our phones on 2020, right? right? I guess <laughs> dial it back, right? I guess, right? Just to the or maybe may, do do this. Do this, this right? All right, here. Have ABC cover the games, and then they can make the whole games an episode of 2020. 
<laughs> I don't know about you, man, but I want to. I want to be out of twenty twenty. Twenty twenty has been a rough year so far. Well, well then, what are they doing talking about twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one? We want to get out of it, right? Uh, yeah, well, right. Like, you see, you see, you see. So if you want to, if you want to get out of it, don't encourage me with my ideas. Go talk to these people. Tell them no. We got to get out of twenty twenty and call it the twenty twenty one. Well, listen, you are, you are. It, it was that was a real. That was a really cool conversation. As as every episode is. I I've never spoken to an athlete on my show. Um, I really um, want, want to highlight <clears throat> the importance of, of overall living living a healthy life. I think that's important for every blind person on the planet to live to live a healthy life. Um, and I certainly hope if you want, you you are always welcome to share this episode. And you should follow my show uh, wherever you get podcasts. However, you listen to a podcast, it's probably on there. If you need more info, just let me know. But in our remaining about four and a half minutes, um, how about a closing argument from you, closing statement for some inspiration? I can do that. So what it really boils down to, guys, you know, the your opportunities for being an elite athlete or just generally exercising, they, they're going to vary. Depending on who you are, where you live, um, what what your surroundings are, what your family's like, the the opportunities are are going to be different for everybody. But in the end, it comes down to a choice: Are you going to allow your circumstances to dictate your outcome? Everybody who is, is considered a, a champion, quote unquote, right? You can talk to almost anybody and you can find out the challenges that they went through to become the champion that they are. Challenges are a reality for everybody's life. And that doesn't make it any easier. Again, I, I'm in your guys' camp. I'm visually impaired as well. That doesn't make it any easier. I'm not saying the road's going to be easy. But I'm saying it's doable, and the choice ultimately is yours. Now, my, you know, my company, Revision Training LLC, we are working to link, make link it more the, accessible. And, and, and by the way, link, link in the description for more information, by the way. Please do. Please do. I, and I'm going to add one more in there if you, sure. if you don't mind, Aaron. There's one more. So not only do I have a YouTube channel where I'm putting all of these videos up to teach you, uh, you know, body weight movements and exercises, and um, not only am I working on an actual a project, an app, a software that you can sign up for, very, very cost-effective way to learn about exercise. I'm putting all this together for you, but I have a Facebook group as well. Revision training with Tyler Marin, fitness VIPs. Uh, oh, got nearly be, two. That's cool. I'd be, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to join. I, I'd be happy join to it. join that. Please, I'd, please. I do. would, I would be, yeah. If you, in fact, if you could, if you could message me that link after this I will or, do that. or whenever you like, I would, I'd be more than happy to. I will tell you, I am, I am simply myself, you know, I'm, I'm a podcaster, right? So obviously sure. I'm, I'm too sedentary myself. <laughs> two links in the description, but I think I can break a sweat and put your YouTube and put that particular video in there. I really learned a lot and I really liked the way that you went through and really described it for blind people. I think a lot of my audience would really, really, really appreciate that. And, um, and well, that's the goal. You, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's truly, goal. that's truly the goal is to make, is to make all of these things, 
um, accessible for people. Exactly. How, um, what, uh, we have about a minute and a half. What was the most, most on you, you've been to a lot of countries, the most on you, the most unexpected country that you never thought you would go to. Most unexpected country that I never really thought I would go to. Uh, but probably the one that I've been to most in my travels, Lithuania. Yeah. Um, which yeah. Holds, which, which holds a very critical part in the history of the NBA and basketball. So it makes sense it that does. you went to Lithuania. Very, yeah. very uh, athletic, athletic nation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their their goalball team, uh, at least on the men's side, is very, very well known, has been for a very long time. And so uh, they host a, a tournament we go to just about every year. So. That one is that was different. Lithuania, Slovenia, uh, been to a few of those areas. Sweden, um, you know, but that that's probably the one that I would say like least expected to go to that nation, uh, but made it over there. Lots of lots of fun stuff I could share, and uh, I do share sometimes uh, along with other motivationalists. As as I am a speaker as well as a, mo- a motivational speaker, I put a lot of that in my Facebook group. I share stories in my group. I share cool, man. other videos. Are you and other are you are you a, so. are you a podcaster? Because you should be. I I'm not. I have it on my list. Oh, I have to motivate. To, wait, I have to motivate. You, got, you. you need to be. You need to be a podcast. I need a it's coach. Look, I need a coach, Jaron. I would be. I am your podcast. I would be honored to be your podcast coach. Coach, that, that would be awesome. My pleasure. My. I really want to help you do that. I'm determined to help you do that, my friend. All right. Well, that was an action-packed episode, as I like to say. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody at home. Have a good day today, and a great day tomorrow. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer.